Smart politics for stupid times. Welcome to the unprecedented podcast with John Aravosis and Cliff Schechter. Welcome back, everybody. Monday, October 18th. We're doing our show on Monday today. This is John Aravosis to do a special Colin Powell episode. Uh, Cliff, hello. Hello there, Johnny. How are you? Hello. Uh, good, good. Um, I was like, I'm trying not to make jokes. I'm like, we're talking about somebody dying today. I was gonna make a joke. I was like, oh, I can't do that. Um, the uh, you can, it just isn't quite as what we call appropriate. No, I well, you said, How are you? I was gonna say better. Oh, and then I thought, Oh, not gonna make that joke. Yeah, (laughs) that would be bad. No, no, don't say that. Well, no, I would make that joke if it was like Pat Robertson, then I'd make that joke, who was 100% evil. Colin Powell, very mixed bag. And worth talking about. So that's we're gonna, the difference. Yes. Yeah, is that is that, uh, and I, why I wanted to talk about him today is just it, it, Twitter is the most predictable place in the world. Oh yeah. So there are some people who you know because I put up what my nuanced take was. Oh god. Um, and I just you know I made sure to say, look, what did you, you do? Know, I know. Um, I, I talk I, about I said, how he was significant <laughs> for black people. Bad Cliff. I know. Um, I said, what, here's what I said. I said um, mm-hmm. he, you know. I, I realized that his service during Bush too complicated his legacy. Oh, are they complicated, like, complicated. Cause I'm supposed to say, you know, he's a yeah. war criminal or something. Um, <clears throat> and I, you know, which I don't believe. Uh, I think, I think he made mistakes in service of what he thought was the best possible option at the time. Um, I think it was wrong. And I think he made a terrible error as I do think he'll talk about. Don't ask, don't tell. He was, he was a complicated person like we all are. And I think you want to judge everybody in terms of their legacies. You know, there's a lot of power under you when you get in these positions. People make mistakes and bad things happen. But you want to try to judge people by how they live their lives, what they did overall. You know, obviously, I, what I put in that tweet was he broke a lot of barriers for, for folks. That was that was important. And as far as I'm concerned, his speaking out starting in about 2011, 2012 was incredibly important, too. Right. Well, let's, um, OK, let's like start at the beginning. Um, you know what I mean? Like, first of all, okay, first of all, died of COVID, <laughs> just to fill people in where we are. Uh, complications associated with COVID. Powell also had multiple myeloma, which is a blood cancer, and Antivine had it very bad. Uh, it's you <clears throat> typically have like a five year survival, as I recall. Not good. Lots of so he was immunocompromised, is what John is oh, saying. Oh, super, super, super bad cancer, immunocompromised. Yeah. And 84, which is and not 84. Young. And well, and I just did a TikTok on this. For example, seniors, we've talked about this before, vaccines don't work as well on seniors because their immune system is just older. Their immune system doesn't respond as quickly so that you often need to, like for uh, flu vaccines, the vaccine could be two or three times the dose for a senior so that it's, so that it's enough for their system to go, oh, okay, <laughs> maybe yeah, I should right. respond to this, right? So you don't know if he had a strong enough response. You don't know how long his response lasted. So whether his immunity waned more quickly because he was old, you don't know whether he needed a booster, but, but we're only doing boosters now. You don't know how much the multiple myeloma kicked in because of the blood cancer, like I said, very bad, uh, hurts your immune system. All of this is to suggest that none of this says that the vaccine didn't work. Um, one of the things I made in my point this morning, Cliff, on the show, my show, not my show, my uh, TikTok was that. You know, the reason Colin Powell got this, it's almost a guarantee he got Delta because everyone's getting Delta. Yeah. The reason he got Delta is because a bunch of unvaccinated people in America and, well, India um, helped create a variant 
that was able to get around the vaccine. And they then helped. And then this one is Republicans. They did their darned best, especially the Republican elite, to make sure Delta spread around this country as much as possible with no masks, no vaccines, no social distancing. And it helped people like Colin Powell get the vaccine and die. So the very people claiming the vaccine didn't work are the very people. It's like somebody who, you know, cut your seatbelt off. You died and then said, oh, see, you weren't wearing a seatbelt. Yeah, because you cut it. (laughs) Well, it's also it's not even just that. It's that even before people, you know, were sharing the part where obviously he's immunocompromised, like not everybody was putting that out there oh yeah you, you just immediately assumed okay here we go he was a guy who was vaccinated who got the vaccine yeah. and it's just a shame that now we can predict the, the usual yeah. screeching stupid reactions from the right you know the oh my god you know and i went through this as i've said before and, and stuff with guns for years background checks can't stop every gun you know bad guns so they're right. not worth right. doing as if like a 70 percent improvement in public health isn't worth right. something saving thousands of lives right. isn't something worth doing or as you, you mentioned seatbelts well yep. some people get guess what some, some people, people still, still die, die with their seatbelts on <laughs> right. it, it actually happens right. but well, guess, you, guess what else seatbelts have done i don't right. have the, the stats in front of me but have massively lowered the rate of people dying in crashes this is what vaccines do because we didn't right. we didn't we didn't uh, seatbelt up kids and babies when we were kids <laughs> yeah. i used to my parents had like the what was it the chevy like you know Right. Wagon or whatever. I used to roll around the back when I was a kid. Did you ever climb in the back window? Climb in the back window. Oh, I'm a little older than you. In the late yeah. 60s, we would fight because we were four kids over who got to climb into the back window of the car and lay down and rest there so you could look out the window. Oh, up. yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I would climb. I mean, on the highway? Now I'm like, oh my God, that we did that. Well, I didn't climb through a window <laughs> on the highway. I'm not sure what I, what I, what I would do oh, is I would. Mean, I would get in that back part and roll and go to take a nap and roll around. And this was still going on, yeah. you know, cause I am a bit younger yeah. than you. So I can tell you, this was still going on when I was like, you know, 10 years old in the, in the early to mid, no, mid eighties. We're right. still doing that. I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah. So can I, I want to mention really quick too. So the other reason they bring up his cancer and this has pissed me off from the beginning. It's this, well, I know you say COVID is so deadly, but he had a pre-existing condition. It's this weird combination of sort of dissing people with pre-existing conditions. They did this with seniors too, Cliff, right? Oh, but she was 80. And you're kind of like, and my mom's 91. I'd still be really kind of pissed off if my mom died of this rather than maybe she's got a couple years left. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it still bothers me that that you'd kill my mom. Or, or it's almost like saying if you murdered my mom, it'd be okay because she's 91. Come on. So she got murdered. <laughs> um, that's the first problem. The second problem is – it's this insinuation that they're not only are they sort of deserving in a funny way, oh, well, you know, those, those pre existing people, but almost as if they're not that large a group. Well, sure, you claim the vaccine's deadly, but that's only somebody with pre existing conditions when, what is it, like 40% of all Americans have pre existing? Cliff's got pre existing. I've got pre existing. Yeah. I mean, like we've, most of us, not all of us, but most of us, especially by the time you hit 50, you got something going <clears> on. <throat> Correct. And and you are at, at a higher risk with COVID, for example, of having complications and or dying. So saying pre-existing, and I just I just these people drive me crazy with these things because it's it's well, another it's BS. A, it's sophistry. The are so stupid. I mean, I learned the word sophistry the other day because I had oh, I forgotten it. It's a good word I, to use. I, I knew it, but I didn't remember it. And for this this situation, people explained it to me. They were like, yeah, it's like telling, I, I used it for Fox News. I said, it's like Fox News. They tell the truth, but they lie with the truth. And somebody said, sophistry. 
it's, yeah, it's not even lying with the truth. It's they take a grain of truth and then yeah. surround it with lots of speculation and yeah. lots of questions like, well, I mean, if he got COVID, couldn't well, Colin Powell. I mean, he was Tucker vaccinated Carlson and he is, died. Is, That's the truth. Tucker Carlson does it every night. He asks, right? he finds yeah. something to ask a broader, yeah. stupid. Because I mean, the truth is, is that when you have people that, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, I, don't I don't know, know how else to say this, yeah. but you have a lot of people that just aren't very smart. Yeah. And you have, and it's Fox News and places like that where people are older, especially, and yeah. they may not have all their faculties. It's very easy to then take things where there's exceptions, where there's everything isn't if everything isn't isn't black and white, everything isn't straightforward. It's so easy to find those exceptions and try to then ask questions around them and blow them up into making yeah. them into to something that should shock people, as opposed to what we already know, which is vaccines aren't one hundred percent effective. But we also know at the same time that ninety seven percent of the people that are that are hospitalized right now. Uh, with COVID, we're unvaccinated. That's a pretty solid number. Well, have I ever mentioned to you what a carnivorous beast my mom is? She loves steak and burgers, right? We grew up on them. I've never seen her so happy when I sent her Omaha steaks and burgers for Christmas one year. Holidays around the corner, finding the perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com right now and enter Stephanie in the search bar to order the perfect gift package. For $99.99, you'll get 24 entrees like the world-famous bacon wrap filet mignons, chicken breast, sides, desserts, and so much more. When you use the code Stephanie, you'll also get an additional eight Omaha Steaks burgers free with your order. We've all heard the reports about shortages and shipping delays, so don't wait. Order the perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com. You'll get eight free burgers when you enter the code Stephanie. Achieve gifting greatness with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavor, incredible value, and 100% guaranteed. That's omahasteaks.com. The keyword is Stephanie, omahasteaks.com. So let's 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 get into the Powell stuff. The reason we wanted to talk about this was to talk about his legacy, the good and the bad, because there's some bad, um, but also uh, had a very historic leg- legacy for African-Americans as well. Um, also, I mean, I, I, there's a lot to respect about the guy, but he had some flaws, including homophobia, um, I would argue. But um, where do we want to start? Um, good question. We can either go chronologically or we can go like, here's the good and here's the bad or here's the bad and here's the good well you know what we could start kind of chronologically because it gets us back to the first iraq war when he uh the first iraq war chairman of the joint chiefs and then it immediately takes us into bill clinton getting elected and him screwing gays over on gays in the military so okay. it's kind of like a good to bad that works you know you now he, joint okay go ahead we can start with that i mean from what i'd read he was um i mean because i vaguely remember this but he was one of the architects of the wait I'm already getting them mixed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was one of the architects of the first Iraq War, right? Because he was chairman of the Joint Chiefs then. Right, because he was chairman. He had been under Reagan. I kind of feel like first. Right, I feel like he started under Reagan, went through George Bush the first, and was still there with Clinton. But we should probably look that up and be. I'll Google as you say because I forget whether Joint Chairman's five years uh, chairman. Yeah, but I feel like he was reappointed by Clinton. Could have been. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's four year term, but let me pull them up because I'm sure it'll show us the previous in a time where, where people did stuff like that because the Republicans didn't just put fascists in every position. So no, just one. Okay. Well then let's, let's get it right. Cause yeah. Know. October 1st of 1989 was appointed and he went until September 30th of 93, which was Bill Clinton. So I, he was appointed and then the Iraq war happened. I forgot when the first one happened. Um, 
but the first one probably happened. First one was noise. I know when the first one happened. We launched it, yeah, in because well, I had gotten to March college at twenty of nineteen ninety. I'm going to say. I think that's wrong. I think it was ninety one because I was a freshman. Oh, ninety one does sound right. Yes, because I remember the protests on campus and everything. I was a freshman. Wait, this is saying um, August August nineteen. Yeah, well, August nineteen ninety is when um, the is when Iraq launched the attack on Kuwait. Ah. So that's when it actually all started. But when we went in, I think that w- that might have been 1990. But if it was, it would have been more like November, December. Right. You know what I mean? I remember that it was cold out and it was, you know, and I was already in school. So it couldn't have been August. Oh, OK. Yeah. 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 Oh, that was it. January 16th. Yeah. Remember, it was mid okay. January and Bush gave a speech from the Oval Office. That was it. OK. So okay. Um, let's get so, it right here. So, he, so there you go. He so it was he, one term, but it was right before Bush. It was a year and a half before the war started. He was appointed. And then two years later, Bill Clinton came in and he was right. still there. I'll even give you a little bit more. He served in mm-hmm. Vietnam. Um, where, you know, infantry rose up, uh, you know, was uh, considered to be a brilliant sort of tactician soldier, later served as a White House fellow under President, uh, good old President Richard Nixon, uh, attended the National War College in D.C., um, which is pretty prestigious. Um, And then so took over the command. I'm looking at this, uh, hmm. the, the V Corps in Frankfurt, Germany, took over command, which is a big deal because he had command as a black man um, and then was put as so he then he was uh, uh, this is under Reagan and became deputy national security advisor under Frank Carlucci, who was the, the national security advisor right. in 1986. And again, a big deal because um, he was he's African-American and nobody who is African-American had ever been in that role. Right. Um of course, it can lead you to questions considering it was 1986 about what he knew and didn't know about Iran Contra, um, but we don't. <laughs> we never found that out, so I don't even know where to go with that. Um, after his tenure with the National Security Council ended in April 1989, promoted to four-star general under George H.W. Bush, hmm. briefly served as the commander-in-chief of the Forces Command, which is a big deal, um, overseeing all Army, Army Reserve, and National Guard units in the continental U.S., um, also, Alaska, Hawaii, Puerto Rico. Um, and here you go. Here's a big one. He became the third general since World War II to reach four-star rank without ever serving as a division commander, joining Dwight Eisenhower and Alexander Haig. Okay. So here's what, here's what Bush selected. Alexander Haig was a four-star? Jesus. You know, we can get into wow. another conversation about that guy. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but later that year, uh, President George H.W. Bush selected him as chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. So there you go. He was on Joint Chiefs for being chairman under ah, George H.W. Bush. Okay. Okay. Um, and then, Interesting. right. So it was 89 that, and, and that, what's his name, uh, that Bush put him there. And so he really yep. served under Clinton in the end because Clinton won. Yep. And he stayed um, on for you know that year just enough to fuck things up. Exactly. Um, and eventually, uh, you know, what, I mean, I mean, I'm trying to see the in between, but we don't even need to go to no, we don't, I mean, this is the, big the key stuff. part yeah. is when the key part is when George W. Bush was elected, he named yep. him secretary of state, uh, making him the first black secretary of state to serve. This would be George Bush, the second. So second, we're talking the year 2000. Yeah. Yes. 2001. Yep. Yep. And if you go to his, his, his Wikipedia anywhere, like you can find about 8,000 medals and and I mean, the, the list of things he won here is huge. Okay. okay. So we've given you some of the positives. 
<laughs> so let's take us to the beginning of the Clinton administration. So Bill Clinton, and again, uh, you know, mixed presidency, but but a lot of us still think Clinton was an amazing presidency because the man did come in with high hopes and he did try to do stuff. He ended up screwing up on Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Uh, back then, you were not allowed to serve in the military if you were gay. Uh, there were witch hunts, and Clinton came in and – uh, Clinton came in and basically openly was promising things to the gay community, openly associating himself with people with AIDS, which big deal back then, promising things to the gay community, big deal back then. <laughs> um, the first president to actually woo our vote, right? So Clinton comes in, and I remember this very well, a week before the uh, – I disagree with our guest, uh, our guest that we had on a few weeks ago, my friend Dixon, about this. But a couple weeks before Clinton gets sworn in, Powell comes out publicly and says basically, nah – we're not going to we're not going to we're not going to repeal the ban on gays it would destroy our military and a lot of us are watching this going oh my god the chairman of the joint chiefs is coming out like a week before the inaugural and intentionally undercutting the commander in chief he's literally trying to pull the rug out from under his boss and what else john and he's a military guy sorry and what else you what mean Bill Clinton? No, no, I'm talking about Colin Powell. What else does he have that's unique that would that fits into this that makes it ridiculous that he was doing that? Well, there's two things. One you know and one you don't. Um, one is that he's black, and we the blacks. And why is that be- ridiculous? Because, because the black- same exact arguments yeah. were used when Harry S. Truman integrated yep. the troops in the late 40s. Literally, yep. Harry Truman was you know was doing that, and all the segregationists, whatever, were saying it will kill the morale, it will destroy our army. But and this these were all this was all the bullshit that yep. Powell and others were recycling. When we're talking about gays in the military. Yes. You've been listening to a free excerpt of the Unprecedented Podcast. To hear the rest of the show and hear all of our past shows and support our work as independent media, please go to patreon.com slash unprecedented podcast and become a subscriber for as little as $5 a month. You can have all of our old episodes, see all of our Zoom interviews, and support the great work that we hope you think we're doing promoting the democratic and liberal agenda. Thanks so much for joining us, folks. See you next episode.